0: From a young age, I was passionate about nutrition and helping people with their health. When I started practicing in the field, I realized that physiology and psychology are intimately intertwined. Some of my clients just needed to know what to do to feel better. And many of my clients knew what they should be doing, they just weren't doing it. Underneath it all, unconscious conditioning was getting in the way of their success. This drove me to uplevel my skill set and coach my clients to remove some of their mental roadblocks and reconnect with the wisdom of the body. I learned about the importance of embodiment and harnessing the power of emotions to get more of what you want from life. I started offering intensive one-to-one coaching packages and I launched my Grounded Goddess group program. I also wanted to create a free offering to help women understand the power of the mind, body, and emotions. I created the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. The Grounded Goddess Blueprint is a 43 page guide that will help you reconnect with what you want from life and teach you how to build your roadmap to create it. It will help you understand why you often find yourself going round in circles and engaging with self sabotage. If you feel stuck, overwhelmed or frustrated with lack of results, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. If you want clarity, understanding and more success, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. Just go over to groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint and grab your copy. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint. I believe one of the most important
1: things that we can do is give ourselves the gift of truly nourishing the soul through time spent in self-inquiry, moments that still the mind, and practices that light us up and allow us to reconnect to the child within. Move, Breathe, Create is a platform that celebrates soul nourishment. Move your body to get out of your head. Breathe to give yourself mental clarity and calm. Create without expectation to fuel your inspiration and delight your senses. Come and join us over at movebreathecreate.com and use the code kombucha for your first month free. I'm looking forward to seeing you inside the community.
0: Over the past year, I've been on a healing adventure. I've spent the past 12 months recovering from brain fog, pain, and chronic fatigue. Like any good adventure story, there have been highs and lows, losses and gains, and an incredible amount of personal growth and lessons learned. This journey has made me a better health practitioner and a more empathetic coach. To add more meaning to my experience, I wanted to create something that would help others to increase their energy, clear their mind, and restore their health. I created the Brain Fog Bible. The Brain Fog Bible is a 47-page guide that covers what I call the low-hanging fruit. It explores the most important areas to be assessed and addressed if you want more from life but your brain and your body are holding you back. You can grab a copy at brainfogbible.com forward slash download. That's brainfogbible.com forward slash download.
1: You can find more about me Shay at
0: shaydia.com. You can find out more about me anna at Anamarshnutrition.co.uk. and each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart and soul.
1: Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Colour. It's Shay here and as always I am joined by Anna. I'm um, really excited to catch up with Anna today. We are going to be talking about her journey through her healing adventure and some testing that she's been doing recently. So it's going to just be a little bit of a catch up to find out where Anna is and where she is along her journey of healing. Um, if you've been following in the podcast episodes previously, you may have heard her talk about this healing adventure that she's been on. And um, we were just chatting before we got onto this call to record and Anna's feeling really good and positive about where she is right now. So I'm excited to chat with her and find out more about what has brought about these new shifts. So Anna, how
0: are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing really good. And I I knew you would ask me that before we started recording and I feel like I can really say that with conviction at the moment, like I'm feeling really good and I can say it without the fear of how will I be feeling in a couple of hours time or how will I be feeling tomorrow? I just have this sense, this like sense in myself that this is here to stay. Of course, you know, progress is never linear. There'll always be ups and downs. We, as human beings, we have good days and bad days. Um, And we, we move through, you know, all sorts of cycles of feelings within a day, but I feel like my baseline is just so much more resilient than, than what it has been. So I'm, I'm feeling really good today. I wanted to share a little bit about some of the functional testing I've done recently. I know this isn't necessarily for everyone because it does kind of go um, a little bit into like some of the more scientific details or nuances of health, but I also know that there are some people who listen to this podcast who are like, oh my gosh, you have to do a podcast talking about your tests. So this is is for them, Um, but I thought I'd like to make it not only for them today or for people who are interested in the testing specifically, but just to kind of talk a little bit about this journey that I've been on and some reflections and insights I've had recently as I've been processing more and thinking more about everything that's happened over the past, it's been about 18 months or so. So I guess the first thing, is if anybody has been listening to this podcast they probably already know a little bit of the ins and outs of everything that I've been moving through but for those who who haven't been or you know listened to every episode or maybe have just joined the podcast I guess in a nutshell basically what I've been moving through over the past few months is been recovery from chronic fatigue I never actually got a chronic fatigue diagnosis. So I never went to the doctor and they never said, you have chronic fatigue. And um, the reason being is that I, I jumped ship a little bit too early before we could reach the point of diagnosis. And um, When I went to the doctor to get some testing and investigations done, she said that she thought that was probably what it was. We did some pre- preliminary testing and and I never went back. And at that point in time, the reason why I never went back was because i and this is just a personal opinion of mine, is that I didn't place a lot of trust in what I was going to be offered through that specific medical model. So I thought with the health knowledge that I have, I wanted to take a little bit more ownership and just be a little bit more of the leader in my health journey, instead of jumping through a whole bunch of hoops, getting a whole bunch of tests done, And just through process of elimination being told, we can't find anything wrong with you, therefore by deduction you have this. I was like, I'm just, I'd rather focus on getting well than focus on finding a reason for being unwell if that makes sense. So that's kind of where I'm at, which makes me always feel a little bit guilty about saying chronic fatigue syndrome because I have never been diagnosed. So I just wanted to make that clear, although I would say everything that I have experienced has been in, in alignment with those with the symptoms of such a condition. So that all happened about April last year, and it's been 18 months of taking various interventions, doing different things to get well. And I've kind of been reflecting on this journey now because I really feel like I said at the beginning of the episode that I can with conviction say that my baseline is so much more resilient than what it used to be. And I feel like if this was a tunnel, I can see the light at the end and I feel like I'm really approaching that light now at quite a good speed. there's been a lot to unpack, I guess, as I've moved through this journey. And I was thinking of the like important shifts that have taken place those like pivotal moments, um, key things that have happened along the way. And I thought that I might just lead with talking about some of those as I see them now in hindsight, obviously moving through them at the time, my experience of them was very different. So last year, I was just writing some notes down before we started recording today. And last year is what I would call the crumble. So last year was really about like everything falling apart. And I think that sometimes things have to fall apart or they need to fall apart so that we can choose? What pieces are we going to pick up and put back together again? What pieces are we going to leave, you know, on the floor? What new pieces do we want to bring in? What do we want to reconstruct? And I think this was definitely like a, a shedding, a letting go, a reconditioning, just, I guess, it clearing everything that was no longer serving me. What's really interesting is I'm preparing at the moment to do my week three training of my Sacred Sky program. And this week we're working with the liver and the gallbladder meridians, which are about anger or frustration if they're out of balance. And one of the things that we're doing as part of this practice is the Kali Mudra. And Kali is a Hindu goddess and she is associated with destruction, but not in an unloving way. She's associated with destruction in that she comes in to kind of wrench you from the path that you're on out of love so that you can kind of align with a higher path. She's also this divine feminine force that comes in when the feminine or the masculine and feminine are out of balance in your life. And it was very interesting, prior to this crumble, I had got this goddess deck by Megan Waterson, which is a really beautiful goddess deck if you want to get one. And the very first card i picked out of that deck was Carly. And then there was a few, and it was just something she kept on coming up. I kept on pulling her out of the deck. And there was one time when I even picked her three days in a row. I mean, what are the chances? So there was like, now in hindsight, I've been thinking about this as I was writing a little bit about Carly for the sacred sky program. And I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that time when I used to pick her all the time from the deck. And Just rereading the notes about her and the little book that comes with the deck, and about this masculine and feminine balance and about the breakdown, that really, really does embody the sense of what last year was. So from April last year until about December, January this year, it really was this kind of like shedding, letting go, releasing all the stuff in my life that wasn't serving me and I think that was a very important thing that had to happen as part of this healing journey was to go through all of that but I also came at it with a huge amount of resistance because you know we we hold on to so much which we identify with you know there are these things that we do the ways that we operate in our life and they're very much attached to our ego and attached to our identity but then we are always behaving in alignment with who we believe we are. And then it's those behaviors that are created from your identity, which are essentially the behaviors that are creating dis-ease or unwellness. So in order to change your behaviors, you have to in the long-term change your identity, change who you believe that you are. And that's that's the death of all these what I call the ego death or the multiple ego deaths. So last year was very much a process of like releasing a lot of these egos, these identifications that I had to, I guess, just get a little bit more in alignment with my myself. Hearing you talk and and kind
1: of connecting to where you are right now, do you feel that? Where you are right now is a physical baseline shift or do you think that it's a
0: mental, emotional baseline shift? I think that you can't really separate them. So I think that they're so intertwined that as you change internally, your physiology changes with that. And if you change your physiology, as we know, you know, from meditation, if you just sit down and do a meditation, you feel that there's not only a physical shift, but there's a mental shift as well, or you feel like your heart is more open um, energetically. I think this has always been the challenge in getting well, is that I've looked very much at like the physical, the details of the micronutrients, which is what we'll go on to in the testing. And then I've been like, very much thinking about like the mindset change or the energetic shifts, the emotions that need to be released. And I can't, I can't say that like any one thing has been the magical thing, but I think it's, there there have been a few things within all those areas that I think have been significant, but I don't think that there's any one thing that's made the biggest difference. I think it's been a combination of everything Mm. because you know what's really
1: interesting um from an outside observing this and your journey and where you've been is i read something a little while ago that you would posted on social media about you giving yourself two years to move through this and heal through this and it's just interesting to me now that you're at this stage 18 months in where mentally you're going yes i can see the light at the end of this tunnel so Mm -hmm. part of me is like wondering like did you pre-frame this as this was going to be two years for you? And now because it's coming up to two years, it's like, oh yeah, I can see the end of this because this is the timeline that
0: I created yeah. for myself. That's so interesting. It's like, is it taking this long? Because this is how mm. long I said it was going to yeah. take. Yeah, that's very interesting observation. And I, I don't know. There was a part of me a while ago that was thinking – I said, this is going to take two years and I don't feel like I'm where I need to be yet. I think this is going to take longer. But in the past couple of months, also things have just really shifted a lot as well. So who knows? It will probably forever be a mystery, but yeah, totally a very interesting observation. And actually finally, one more thing I wanted to say about that kind of crumble phase is when I was in the crumble phase is that my internal achiever was very much managing director of the process so it was like okay i need to do the ketogenic diet so let me like achieve at how well i can do my diet and let me achieve at Almost at me, like achieve at my healing process. How can I be the best at my healing process? How can I be successful? How can I make this happen as quickly as possible so everyone can see how amazing I am at healing myself or, you know, whatever? And I think, in a way, that was also part of the resistance. Is it part, I wanted to say, part of my conditioning is to have a very strong achiever. So in a way it was helpful because even though I was letting go of things I didn't want to let go of, I could almost pacify myself by saying, okay, you can't achieve here, but you can achieve over there now, or you can't achieve over there, but you can achieve here with your, with this, this thing now that you can latch onto. This is uh, where I talk about like getting in your own way or being in a rush and then tripping over your own feet. I think that, having my achiever as managing director of my healing adventure was possibly something that actually slowed me down because I was too focused on achieving at it as opposed to just surrendering to it. And I think maybe we do need to find a little bit of a balance. You can't just lie there and not take action or not do things to help yourself, but there needs to be a little bit of surrender as well. Mm. It's so interesting. I think that part of your healing journey
1: is actually you sharing your story because of the type of work that you do and because you help women in a similar position. Like even now, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I I sense like, as you are sharing the story, I sense like a little bit of a nervous energy from you here Hmm. sharing this. It's like, once you share this and clear this, I feel like that, that kind of sense of, I need to be perfect at this because this is what I help other women do once that's cleared, it's like frees up space in your own body does that Does that resonate for you in some way
0: yeah i mean i don't I don't necessarily feel anxious about sharing this today, but i we talked before we started recording about how like. I feel like in the past, maybe I've celebrated someone's too soon and then I've gone backwards or it hasn't actually been as good as I thought it was going to be. And I think there's been a little bit of shame attached to that in the past of being like, this is amazing, this works. and Oh, actually, no, it doesn't. And then feeling like a failure because I failed within myself, but then a failure in terms of, well, I want people to trust me, my knowledge, how I can help them, my competency in my in my job. And then now this is maybe looking like a little bit like, I'm trying to think of the right word, but it's, it's like, it, it's not building trust within people if they see me like flapping about, so to speak, saying this is amazing and then backtracking on what I've just said. So I think there is a little bit of that. But I also feel that I think one of my biggest takeaways from this is that you do have to try so many different things because we are also unique in our biology and our physiology and and how we live our lives and our conditioning that I think a lot of some of the successes which I'll share towards the end, they were purely experimental and based on intuition. And if I hadn't just said, I'm just going to try this, you know, in some cases, I don't think I would have got the outcome. So I think there's also this like being prepared to fail sometimes and knowing that that's okay, which has been a lesson in itself from the journey. Mm. And I think, and this is
1: like a Brené Brown concept, and certainly what I learned on Path of Love is that shame is such a huge blocker to our healing. And once we can clear that sense of shame, it's like, it opens up, the channels for us is like the only way that i can explain it and it's very woo woo way but it's yeah it's it's a very clear thing for me to observe from the outside mm. in that way yeah so, yeah so we all human That's we what. are totally human <laughs> even though we try to
0: resist our humanness sometimes and <laughs> um, so then the next piece for the next kind of phase, we had the crumble and then the next phase I would say is actually started around about the time of lockdown and what I would like kind of call that phase, that phase is acknowledging grief. So when lockdown happened, I think there was this kind of feeling of collective grief and we, we did a podcast episode on grief and the different stages of grief at the time. And that was really helpful to me because I think that the collective loss that everyone was experiencing of having things taken away from them, having, you know, not being able to go out, not being able to do the things that they would normally do in their everyday life. That was a mirror for me to see, gosh, actually, that's what I've been experiencing for the past year. And so it was through, I know a lot of people had different experiences through lockdown, but lockdown was really beneficial to me personally because there was this sense, a much more sense of stillness, of slowness, and it was almost like okay and acceptable to retreat internally a little bit more. And I think that was really useful to just help me to actually start acknowledging chronic illness is a trauma, like because you lose, there's so much loss and fear associated with everything that you're moving through. And to actually kind of begin to like say to myself, acknowledge within myself, you know, you've actually been through a lot right now and you deserve to be able to process all of this. Um, I think that was a really big thing. And then we did a podcast a while ago about releasing anger. That was something that was really helpful. And yeah, just releasing a lot of emotion that, that had come up from this grief and the summer was really hard but i think it was supposed to be really hard because it was also just again another mirror for me actually being able to release a lot of this emotion we had like such beautiful weather here down by the beach and i would just be sitting like on a bench watching all the runners go past and just feeling so angry that i couldn't run feeling so sad that i couldn't run being really like lonely, sitting at home, looking outside at the beautiful weather, and wishing I could be like out with friends doing something, whatever it may be. So that was a really kind of like sticky <laughs> place to move through, but it was, I think, also necessary to to actually bring these emotions that needed to be processed up to the surface. And of course, you know, those, emotion, those emotions aren't just gone now. They haven't been processed and it's not like a one and done job. They're always there and they're always needing to be moved. But I feel like I was able to shift a lot of that. And I think the thing that was most helpful to me for me to do that was the breathwork practices that I was doing. And I'm, now I'm actually training in breathwork myself so that I can offer this to other people. But that that was just for me and there'll be other things for other people that will help with emotional processing. It's not the only way. It was just personally, I found that very, very helpful. So anything you want to comment on there, Shay? I just wanted to ask you, what did that sticky period teach you? What did you learn from that sticky period? So (laughs) in my notes written and then underlined was acceptance. So I think it was just you know, I talked about like resistance in the crumble and then there was all this emotion that was coming up through that acknowledging grief phase. And it kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, if you can accept this, then what? And um, we talked a little bit on one of our previous episodes about body image and how I noticed my body changing and response to hormones and various things like that. And that was also something I had to meet with acceptance because it like, wasn't something that was you know, I was able to change. So I think the biggest thing from that is just saying, okay, if this is how life is, how can I make it the best possible life for me? How can I do the things that are still going to make me feel good? And not to say that life has to stay like this forever. You can still have dreams and desires and things that you want to bring into your life. But right now, how can I just live life on my terms? Any other questions? I feel like I'm being interviewed, which I kind of know. No, (laughs) no. Go for it. And so, yeah, then that brings us on to, I guess, the final piece that I wanted to touch on today, which is the testing. And I think that's also what made summer a little bit hard was that I did the test at the beginning of May and I got the results at the end of May, beginning of June. And in my mind, These tests were going to be the magical thing that fixed everything. And I had my supplements that I was going to take and I was going to start taking the supplements I'm going to feel amazing and the life will be good again. And it just did not happen that way. And as I can see now, it's just because there was more than just the physiology. There was also all this emotional processing that had to happen as well. But the testing has, I do believe, been really helpful and really useful in some ways. Um, So just to recap, we did do an episode about this previously, but the two tests that I did were the Genova organic acids test, which looks at your mitochondrial function, as well as some other bits and bobs, so neurotransmitters, toxic load, detoxification, and a little bit of um, information around your digestive health. And then I did the Dutch hormones test, which looks at your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, your adrenal hormones as well. So within all of these tests, there were some nutrients that I needed more of, and I needed to do some work on my hormones. So I had low testosterone, low normal progesterone, and low cortisol production. So my adrenal glands were a little bit burnt out and a little bit tired. And so with all of that, I did start taking supplements to top up on the nutrients that were identified as low. I started taking some supplements to help my adrenal glands and to help balance my hormones out. Now, recently, I've repeated those tests. And so now I can see like, okay, what is the past three months of supplementation done in terms of changing these markers? And the good news is, is that there have been definite improvements. So some of the nutrients that I needed from the organics acids tests on have now moved into the green, which means that I'm pretty good in that regard. Some of them that were in the red are now in the orange, and some of them have just stayed exactly where they were. And what it has actually helped me to do is it's helped me to just refine a little bit more about, refine a little bit more of what I've been doing. And so this is like where some of the, the, cool stuff comes in, so to speak, is that there was one of the nutrients on my previous test that didn't budge. So from last time to this time, it was still saying exactly the same thing. It hadn't moved at all. I was thinking a little bit about why that might be, and maybe I just wasn't supplementing with a low enough dose, and should I maybe add in a bit more? And then as fate would have it, I was scrolling through Instagram, as you do. And I came across a post by Isabella Wentz, and she is a woman, she specializes in Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So she's got a really great book on thyroid health. And whenever I have clients who ask me what book they should read about thyroid health, I always recommend her book. But she had a post which was looking at B1 deficiency, so thiamine deficiency. And you know, in her little square Instagram post, she had a whole bunch of like symptoms that can relate to B1 one deficiency and i read that i was like okay that's me on a postcard like everything she said in the post just completely resonated and that was the exact supplement that i had been thinking do i increase the dosage you know what's happening here um, she'd given very specific information about what form to take and how much so i went on amazon i ordered it straight away it came the next day i started taking it and since that day my brain fog has gone like just completely gone so that's obviously been amazing because life without brain fog is much better than life with brain fog. And then it does kind of beg the question, or oh, did I waste all this time and money on testing when all I needed was a little bit of extra B1? Well, I I kind of feel that you arrive at these kind of conclusions as you're supposed to arrive at them. And I don't think I would have arrived in that space where I would have thought to have that post would have even caught my attention, let alone what I've acted on it, if I hadn't been through everything that I've been through already. And if I didn't have all the knowledge and information from the tests to kind of boil it down to that. So I think that's been a really, really positive outcome from the testing for me. And I am also working on some of the other nutrients that I still need to work on. And that's been a really good thing. The other thing that's been really good is I was getting a lot of headaches. It's It's been funny because as time has gone on, you kind of have a collection of symptoms, but the nuances of how you experience those symptoms differ. So last year I didn't get a lot, lot of headaches, but this year, especially in the last three months, I've been getting very, very headachey, and I've actually had a couple of migraines, which I've never had before. And, Again, just intuitively, I kind of felt like I just needed to take a lot of magnesium and I ordered like this powdered magnesium online so that I could take using the powder just means you can take a lot more at a higher dose. And again, it was one of those things that as soon as I started taking it, I felt so different and um, since I've been taking it which was only since last week my headaches have gone just completely as well and I've also noticed it like sometimes get a little bit of pain in my left shoulder and I can still feel it it's still there but it's, it's very very dull now compared to how it was so again you know magnesium or B one may not be your magic bullet, but for me, I think there's been this process of refinement that I've that's happened from doing the test that's really enabled me to hone in on what I need to focus on. and it's just been so good to feel better. <laughs> so um, I'm really, really pleased about that. Then just moving on to the Dutch test. So when I retested the my Dutch test, which was the hormone test, there had also been some really great improvements. My progesterone, which was low normal before, is now like looking really great. My testosterone, which was low before, is still a little on the low side, but it's like much, much better than what it was before. The only thing, the kind of downside of that is that some of the products that I've been using to increase testosterone specifically have also been converted to estrogen. So there's this... Yes, my testosterone is also is increasing, but my estrogen is now also coming up just re- it's too high in a nutshell. And that's placing a lot of strain on my detoxification pathways. So this I guess it's it's important to highlight that Often with clients, they they do the first test because they wanna know what's going on. Then we develop an intervention strategy, but sometimes they feel better and they don't retest. And especially where hormones are concerned is because it's like this kind of system that's dancing together is that sometimes the dance changes, but then there's other things that need to be addressed. So it's a process that needs to be refined. So I just wanted to say with regards to the hormones test that I'm really glad that I did retest because I can see, okay, we maybe just need to tweak the dosage of some of these things. We need to work a little bit more on liver detoxification now um, just to help things clear a little bit better from the body. So I'll probably be working on that for the next few months and then retest again just to check that everything's where it needs to be. And then the other thing that was low previously was my adrenal output, which which is still a bit low, but it's getting better. So I'm just trusting that over the next few months, as I continue to do what I'm doing, my adrenals will come back to where I want them to be. So
1: if you think about this, like where you are right now and where you are hoping to be, are the supplements and the things and the practices that you're doing now, is that something that will be for you lifelong going forward? Or is it something that, okay, once you feel everything is stabilized, then you start to phase out those supplements or what does the pathway forward look like?
0: I hope I won't have to do this forever because it's, it's actually a lot of supplements and I'm a little bit sick of taking supplements, to be honest. And also it's, it's a huge expense. I was working out like my monthly supplement supplements expense is probably about 200 to 300 pounds a month just on supplements. And that's not when you add on the cost of testing. So For me, the goal is to address some of these imbalances as quickly as possible, ideally within the next three months so I can start titrating down there may be, I think there will probably be some things that I I want to continue with as kind of a general maintenance. Like for example, I think taking a B complex is just a really nice way to keep your B vitamins topped up. They're just really important for so many different systems in the body. The magnesium has worked really well for me. Last week I was taking 800 milligrams a day. This week I've actually already dropped down to 600 milligrams. And I, I think I'll probably also just start to titrate that down. But then I know, okay, if, if my menstrual cycle starts and I'm feeling a bit more headachey or susceptible to a migraine, maybe just around those days, I need to up that dosage. So I'm a really big fan of having all sorts of goodies in the cupboard and then you almost use them like how people would use a painkiller. You know, if you have a headache, you take a painkiller. In my case, maybe in the last week of my cycle, I up my magnesium or I up things that can support inflammation. So it's not necessarily taking it daily or taking the same dose consistently, but supporting your body around those sensitive times. Or my goal is to gradually build up my physical activity and, you know, I've got, set myself a little program to do that. But if ever there's like a jump up and then my body takes a little bit more strain that I know, okay, I need to just support with some few more, you know, anti-inflammatory or antioxidant nutrients just to give my body a little bit more support maybe when I've pushed too hard or if there's a stressful time or I have a busy week, maybe I'd need to take some adrenal support, but I won't take it on the weeks when I'm on holiday or a, a more slow or gentle week. So I think like I'm a big fan of taking things intensively and therapeutically to get an outcome, but then to really reduce, reduce everything down and you know, support the body in the you know, in response to life and so once once you sort of quote
1: unquote get the outcome, does the body then in that capacity start to stabilize and have that outcome on its own is that the what happens
0: I think that's you know that's the goal because nutritional therapy is different to you know medicine where when medicine is like if you're taking a specific drug, it will kind of shut down certain pathways. Whereas nutritional therapy is about supporting the body so that those pathways work better. I always talk about this idea of this perfect storm. So I think there's many, there are many different variables that all came together and then I ended up where it was. Like for example, there was a lot of stress and that burnt my adrenal glands out. So I need to restore my adrenal glands, but now this process of healing and creating a different identity for myself means that the way I live my life is different to how I lived my life before. So the idea then is that that in itself is protective of the adrenal glands And therefore I have more resilience because I'm not doing the things before that used to be so stressful, but life will always happen. You know, we can't control everything. And, you know, I did have a very massive personal stressor at the end of last year. And after that, that created a big step back in how I was feeling. And so I think that was, you know, that was kind of like a little bump in the road in the process. And, you know, there may be bumps in the road in the future. And in the, if those bumps come along, then I just know, okay, my body is susceptible to this, so I just need to support myself if I'm going through something big.
1: Mm. Yeah. Any other questions, Shay? Yeah, not nothing that kind of pops into mind at this point. But what else have you have you got lined up, and what are you what are you planning going forward? And.
0: So, in life or with my
1: healing adventure? No, yeah, in life and both. Because like, I think, like, I think it's as you're saying, like, you can't separate, we can't separate our emotional, physical selves with what's going on in the body, with what's going on in our heads, with what's going on mm. in, you know, all of this stuff.
0: Yeah, I think. Th- the, what, what I want to say is, I still feel like I want to move through this cautiously. In the past, I have got really excited about things working, and maybe got a little bit overexcited. And I'm, I'm conscious of getting, getting. I guess getting my hopes up also to feel let down again. But then there's also I just have this, this really deep sense of knowing inside of me. Like I feel like this is good, and you know I'm in a good place, and things are really moving where I want them to move. My tendency definitely would be to like, you know, put the achiever back in the driving seat and let her, you know, drive off into the sunset. But I think I just want to continue to just like come back to myself, to reconnect with myself and keep some of the learnings in terms of how I treat myself that I've got from this whole process and learnings around just giving myself rest and taking things at a slower pace and you know setting boundaries giving myself time to emotionally process i think those have all been really positive outcomes from all of this and i want to set the intention to just move forward from a very grounded place like grounded in those learnings mm-hmm. so a few times you've mentioned
1: that there's this achiever that was in the driving seat and that's been put to the side. So who would you say is driving the ship now?
0: So I would say, gosh, when I'm talking about the achiever, I'm talking about the framework of spiral dynamics. So we've talked about this on one of the previous episodes. I think we've we called it potentially the eight personalities of the unconscious mind. So we are, we have many parts, but I'm, at the moment, I'm kind of thinking from the spiral dynamic side of things. I think for a while, my survival part was, was probably more running the show just because of having to be so focused on the, the basic things that I needed physically to get through each day. So I would say that that survival part was very much kind of like at the front probably being poked in the back by the achiever. And then what comes to mind just intuitively now is that the next part after this survival is the tribal part. There's been a lot of loneliness through this journey. And I've been doing also like a little bit more reading, reading the Deb Shapiro book, Your Body Speaks Your Mind. And loneliness was something that comes up that came up for me because loneliness was something that I experienced even before I became unwell. And I think that was moving to a new city, starting an online business, working loads of hours, um, not being connected to real people and also just being too busy to make connections or in my head being too busy to make connections. Um, And then being unwell has been quite self-isolating. So I'd like that's I was doing some journaling around this the other day and just thinking of like who do I want to reach out to. I've I've had the sense of just really needing to have like a, a tribe and of real people. I have a really amazing tribe online and I have great connections like yourself and other friends all over the world, but I also need people who are here with me in person that I can hug and touch and swim in the sea with and go for coffee with and all of those things. So my tribal part definitely wants to come out a little bit more. And I also think like, I know that this achiever part in me is really strong and I don't think that's a bad thing. But I think the my achiever part wants to change those belief systems that like, I I want to be able to achieve from this very grounded, very aligned place instead of blindly achieving like a bull in a China shop just because I can. So it's, I think the achiever is still there, but it's just coming from a different place. Hmm. Interesting. Good. Good questions.
1: Ah, well, you know, I'm listening. <laughs> 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 My, you know, without, without, kind of labeling it into a framework or a model like because I mm. think that's also what you love to do is like put everything into a box Structure. and this is this and this, and this and this but when I was asking that question and I was like resonating like what I feel is the person who's in the driving role now and I don't have a specific name for it but it sounds like a, a, it's a female energy and it's mm. one of surrender mm. and I, I like I don't I think it's Yeah. I think, I think there's some kind of surrender essence that's moving you forward now, which I think is part of the healing journey for you too.
0: Yeah, totally agree with that. And I think that's, um, that feminine masculine balance. It's like before I was so much in my masculine and the the achievement was coming much more from a masculine place. And it's like, Achieving more from that feminine place as well. And just like, that's the kind of like groundedness, um, aligned, like it can take time. <laughs> you don't have to rush. You don't have to push all the time. I know I've got that in my back pocket if I just need to get stuff done, but just being a little bit more open to the flow of things. Mm.
1: I love that. Anything else you want to add or let people know about your journey or if somebody's going through the same thing that you are perhaps going through, what words of encouragement or sharing would you leave with them?
0: First of all, just thank you for giving me this platform to just express myself today. I think it has, as you said, been quite quite good and quite a healing for me. So thank you to you and thank you for everybody to everybody who's listened today. In terms of words of wisdom, I was thinking about this yesterday in the shower and I thought one of the biggest mistakes that I made was that I thought I could do it all on my own. And I've done a degree in biochemistry, I did a degree in sports science, I did my nutritional therapy degree, I did my master's degree, I did my functional medicine training, I did my PNI diploma. I had all these qualifications and I thought, I know everything. I can solve this on my own. And it wasn't until I asked for help that things really be able, really began to shift in, in the right direction. I think that in itself was a big healing thing, is just to be able to start asking for help. And I'm not saying that from a, like a, a marketing perspective, like you should have me help you. I mean, if you want me to help you, I'm here for you. But there might be someone else, or it might be just a case of asking for more support from the people who are around you, the people who love you. But I think asking for help, whatever that means or looks like for you, I think that's a real big one. And then I think it's just, Being an advocate for yourself, so not just doing what someone else tells you. So yes, I've asked for help, but some of these big shifts that have happened recently have come through, yes, the learnings of everything that's um, happened today, but also doing my own research and thinking, I'm just gonna try this and I'm gonna if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So also being open to doing a bit of research, asking questions, trying different things, being okay with the failures and also um, happy to celebrate your wins.
1: Well, thank you for sharing your journey with us. And I'm sure if anybody is feeling like, oh, they could do with a little bit of help and there's someone here who's been through it or who knows what you're going through. So Anna is available if you would like her. So yeah. reach
0: out. I mean, even if you just want to drop me a message and just like find out what your options are or, you know, then I'm I'm happy to help. So. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Shay, for being a great interviewer. <laughs> and <laughs> or Shani, I'm the interviewee, you're the interviewer. Uh, thank you for being a great interviewer. Um, and we'll see you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations
1: today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay,
0: by searching Shea Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week.